2: I thought the fourth estate was time.
3: That's the fourth dimension. I thought the fourth estate was Georgia.
2: With Granny and Bischoff. No, not state. A state. You thought I was saying we're the state of Georgia?
1: Deshaun Watson spoke to the media yesterday. He was asked if he... Still had no regrets because he gave that quote about a month ago when he said that he had no regrets about um, anything he's done to put himself in the situation where he has 24 lawsuits against him from massage therapists. When asked if if he still had regrets, he said, I do understand that I do have regrets as far as the impact it's had on the community and people outside of just myself. That includes my family, that includes this organization, that includes my teammates, and this locker room that have to answer to these questions. That includes the fan base of the Cleveland Browns. That includes males, females, everyone across the world. That's one thing I do regret is the impact that it's triggered on so many people. It's tough to have to deal with. So the part of that answer, and I, I guess he's still claiming ignorance, so he's not going to come out and apologize to the women that he's oh, saying no. he did nothing he's wrong lawyer, to. no. Well, Rusty's not allowing that, but... It, it seems like just so short-sighted to be like, oh, I do have regrets. Everybody else has to answer right. questions about this. Like, right. that is far and away anywhere close to the biggest deal or what you should actually have regrets about yeah. doing here.
0: Well, Danny just mentioned he was asked about the women. He said, you gotta ask my lawyer. Well, he was asked if the, the was a 66 number from 66 the New York number. Times
1: was accurate. And he first was kind of like, ah, eh, that doesn't seem right, but that's a legal question. You'll have to ask somebody else. He also said... My biggest thing is just wanting to clear my name so I can get back being in an environment that I'm most comfortable in. And that's being in the community and helping people and being that role model and leader and also being on the football field with my teammates and trying no. to win ball games.
0: He's going to have to wait a while
1: for that. Right. If he wants to clear his name, these cases aren't going to be what heard before a judge until after this coming up football right. season. So... Deshaun Watson clearing his name doesn't happen until 12 months from now, basically. Like we're talking a year out, maybe, maybe that he's clearing his name. Like this is not happening anytime soon. Because
0: of that, do you think there's any way they just suspend him for the year and say, we'll deal with this once the legal, uh, the legal part is taken care of? Or do you think it's still like a six game and they're going to let him play some this year?
1: I think that that might make sense. The only issue with that thinking to me is that it's still for the might, whole year. Is it still for the whole year? It still might not be done completely before the 2023 season would start.
0: Right. Like right.
1: it's, it might be dragging on through the start of next football season, but that would probably make some sense to spend them for this year and then see what happens in court mm-hmm. next off season. And, Oh, he's, you know, there's more women that come out or, Oh, he's guilty, whatever that ends up being. Oh, we're just gonna kick this guy out of the league now and he never played. Whereas if you suspend him for six games, he plays eleven games, and then a bunch of more stuff comes out and it right. looks worse, and you're like, oh, we let this guy play. Right. For we 11 let the guy games. play. So you might be right. That might be the, the easiest way for the NFL to handle it.
3: Yeah, great question. Yeah, again, great question.
1: Brittany Griner had her stay in Russia extended by a court through at least July 2nd she has been detained in Russia since February 17th okay. and
0: we're getting into July now they're just going to keep extending this until they strike some sort of deal they're right. not going to let her go the
1: the story that the um AP had was like the the US I don't know if it's the White House whoever's handling this is accusing Russia of like holding out in negotiations for a better prisoner swap right for Brittany Kreiner like they're negotiating a trade they want a terrorist right and <laughs> And the, and our government's accusing Russia of being like, you guys are being ridiculous. Like, just give us back the WNBA player. We've already made you a trade offer. That's acceptable. Right. So I, I, they're guess, gonna keep extending this. I guess the good news is July 2nd is only two weeks. Like they didn't extend it two more months, but yeah, it's, it, we're going to get to July 1st and they're going to be like, ah, we have extended it again. two more weeks. I guess, unless they get the trade that they want. I mean, what a brutal situation. I mean, have you, you've seen that her wife has, like, I've barely talked to her. Yeah. Like, has not yeah. even had conversations yeah. with Brittany Griner for, what are we going on, four or five months now? That's, yeah. like, horrible. Rude. Like, it's just terrible for anybody that knows Brittany Griner.
2: But, uh, and I'm I'm not saying I don't believe her, but wasn't there something that came out, like, a week or two ago saying that she has constant communication with players in the league?
1: Like does? yeah. Like she's well, able she to check emails letters. and stuff. Oh, emails. Okay, that's what I
2: thought I heard. I
1: know there was a story about people could send her letters and she could send physical letters, but I did not see one about email. Maybe she's emailed her wife, but like, I wouldn't feel like emailing my girlfriend would be counting as communicate. I'd be like, yeah, hey, I'm I'm in a Russian jail. Here's an <laughs> email.
0: Exactly. I uh, what was the question again? I'm sorry, I just got. <laughs>
1: Jackie Young is expected to be back in the lineup for the Las Vegas Aces
0: today. They play at 10 a.m. in Dallas. Noon on a Wednesday. What am I missing here? I I, I have no idea. Noon on a Wednesday. Is it some kind of summer kids game? Maybe. Like some kind of uh, promotion? It has to be. There has to be a promotion for you to be playing noon in Dallas on a a Wednesday. Like normally,
1: you do... You might do this early of a game on a weekday if it was like a holiday.
0: Right, or definitely on Sunday, right? Saturday, Sunday.
1: But not on a random Wednesday. And as far as I know, there's not an actual holiday tomorrow. I have no idea. But yeah, your Las Vegas Aces, if you're trying to watch them, play at 10 a.m. Two, two hours from now, the Aces will be Tip tipping off, in off Dallas. if you're trying to watch the Aces. But the good news is Jackie Young's going to be back. And my expectation... She plays 38 minutes. Yeah. And well, they why wouldn't she? The bench. Why wouldn't she?
0: I, uh, what was the question again? I'm sorry. I just got.
1: <laughs> Miles Mikolas was one strike away from a no-hitter last night. Two outs in the ninth, a 2-2 count, and Cal Mitchell of the Pirates hit a ground rule double. Mikolas actually threw 129 yeah, pitches trying to close this out. Uh The Pirates, by the way, they beat the Reds when they got no, no hit. hit they scored a run in that game they almost got no hit in this game and it scored a run as well they had a guy reach on an error and came around to score in like the fourth inning the Pirates are great at scoring without getting a hit this is <laughs> one incredible is one of the
0: few good things they do
1: how do they keep doing this like if if the legitimately if the Cardinals had pulled a Reds and not scored last night we, that could have
0: been another no-hitter win for the Pirates. The number that really stands out is 129 pitches. That's a lot. Guys are getting taken out at 70 That's now. That's a lot of pitches. Syndergaard last night, I don't know, he was in the low, I think the low 70s, and you know he walked a few guys, but he had pitched really, really well. He'd only give up two hits. Ah, you're out. I mean, that that is a lot of pitches in 2022.
1: My favorite part about uh, college bl- uh, baseball postseason is you will get ridiculous pitch counts where guys oh, will for just kids? leave their starters in because he's pitching well And you wonder
0: why all these kids get right. tommy john before they even get to the major and leagues. it's like
1: oh yeah he threw 135 pitches yeah. on friday he's coming back on two days rest out of the yeah. bullpen for this game because it's an elimination game
2: well i was, I was telling ed a couple of weeks ago one of the teams i cover for the paper they only use two pitchers the entire softball season And those two pitchers pitch a full game every single time, no matter the score, no matter how many pitches.
0: Kids, they just run into the ground. Who cares? They don't need to worry about their future. They only got four years of eligibility. Happy to move on to the the next question here, Aaron.
1: The Rams are optimistic they can re-sign Odell Beckham. Their COO, Kevin Demoff, was quoted as saying, if we didn't have a salary cap... We could have signed Odell months ago and would have loved to. Is it a multi-year deal? Is it a one-year deal? All kinds of variables that come into Odell. The one variable that hasn't changed is how much we love him and want him to be here. Uh, the Rams using the salary, salary cap is as an excuse. an excuse. If the Rams wanted yeah. Odell Beckham, he'd be a Ram. Right. They have never had a problem with figuring out yeah. how to ne- negotiate around the salary cap. They're probably cap. the best at it. Yeah. So... If I'm Odell and I hear the Rams complaining about the salary cap, and I'm like, wait a minute, you just gave Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup monster deals. Negotiating the salary cap's never been an issue before. Do you really want me? The answer's no. I mean, he's coming off an ACL injury, which would be... I don't even know when he's going to play. Right, which would be a big reason as to why a team would not want Odell Beckham. But to hear the Rams complain about it is basically a sign that says, oh, they don't actually want you. Maybe if you're going to sign like a one-year cheap deal, sure but they don't actually want to give you a significant contract because if they did, they would have already done it and figured out how to push the salary cap hit down the road 35 years from now anyway. So, Odell Beckham, the Rams don't want you. I'm sorry.
2: Next question.
0: All right, here's a fun one for you. Remember David Jenkins? Sure. You know me. Yeah, well, the guy who, boy, when TJ came... The, the rumors he about, was. oh, man, if he gets David Jenkins now, that's an insane tournament team.
1: David Jenkins is visiting Purdue. David Jenkins' college career, two years at South Dakota State, two more years at UNLV. One was a redshirt. Last season, he played at Utah, and he is now transferring again. So he has played four seasons over five years at three different schools. He's transferring again, which is going to give him five years of college basketball over six seasons at four different schools. Regular red shirt, COVID extra year of eligibility, and the ability to transfer now twice without sitting out, because I believe this counts as his graduate transfer. Incredible job by David Jenkins to get as many, as, as much of a college experience as possible.
0: You surprised it wasn't Iowa State?
1: Uh was it Mike Gramala had their story after after he left? After Otzelberger left, that Otzelberger basically said Jenkins was going to have to transfer. That there was a rift between the two, and
0: even if TJ hadn't had gone, yeah, yeah, okay, it, it Jenkins
1: right. was not going to be on the UNLV okay, team. Well, now the I know it's not year. Iowa State, right? And now Jenkins did come out and like refute that. He like tweeted something about that never happened, but Gramala reported that there was some sort of meeting and rift between the two
2: so i know you said all the transferring and everything very pro athlete but as a coach would that be a red flag yeah, you know, he's nah. only got one
1: year of eligibility nah. left. You're not banking not on in him college being basketball
0: there. nowadays. Yeah. They don't. They don't care. They just want as many players as they can get. Yeah, it's. It's.
1: I mean, if he was like a freshman somehow, like if he was like, oh, he's got three years of eligibility left, maybe you'd be like, oh, and you didn't think he was a good player, right? But he's only got one year left. So if yeah. he he's gonna leave after one year yeah. from Purdue or wherever he ends up going, anyway. So now, nah, come on, that's yeah. fine. You're you're gone in a year. We know how this works. That's yeah. what we're planning on. All right, coming up next. We'll jump into what was the dumbest soccer game I've ever watched.
0: You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler.
1: I don't say this lightly as someone who has season tickets to Lights FC games. I think I watched the dumbest soccer game I've ever watched. Last night, the United States played El Salvador, Uh CONCACAF Nations League game, big, big tournament, Uh and they ended up tying one-to-one, and it's like the dumbest, funniest one-one tie that I've ever seen. They gave up a hilariously bad goal, where Ethan Horvath, the goalie, just didn't move. I think he was expecting a cross, and the shot came from like 40 yards right. away, I watched and that. he just didn't move. Ball goes in the back of the net. El Salvador scores from a shot that's, I don't even know if it's supposed to be a shot to begin with. Both teams end up receiving a red card. And then the United States scores in the 91st minute to tie it one, one. But the reason that this game was like the dumbest soccer game I've ever seen is the field was the biggest nightmare that I think I have ever seen a legitimate soccer game played on. They can barely keep the grass alive at Cashman field for lights games, right? And that field is 100 times better than what the United States played on last night, because apparently it has just been raining in El Salvador for like, I don't know, four straight months is what it looked like. And they played in just a slop of mud. The United States wore all white jerseys for this game. They were not very white at the end of the game. Just everybody was covered in mud. I mean... Here's two things that were very no- – three things that were very noticeable because of the mud. One, nobody could run. Like, they just they just could not accelerate. It was so slow watching guys try to start running in that game. Two, the ball would just die. Like, there would be people that would play the ball, and it was like, oh, that's going out of bounds. No, it would just die before getting out of bounds, and somebody would have to go run it down, Right? unbelievably bad, and then when people would make a
0: slide tackle, they'd slide for like 15 yeah. yards. they just keep there going. There was more brown <laughs> mud on that field than there was green. Horvath, I, I just watched it, either didn't think the guy was going to shoot, because he literally had his hands on his knees. Yeah. Like he was waiting for a cross, another cross or waiting for a pass. He didn't even think it was coming, and then he just puts the head down when it goes past, yeah. his, past him. I mean, that was...
1: I don't know what he was doing. Unbelievably dumb game. That I thoroughly enjoyed watching. I mean, I was a little concerned that like well, someone was gonna blow was, his knee yes, Exactly. We were gonna have like yes. Pulisic can't exactly. play in the World Cup because he tore his Achilles right. playing in this stupid game, but it was tremendously enjoyable. And they scored. And they celebrated. like again, it's a it's a legitimate tournament, the Nations League, but like the United States celebrated. Like it was a big goal when they tied that game because of how stupid that game actually was there was actually and I don't I don't think this was a problem during the game but there was a concert on this field a couple of days ago and both teams reported like finding pieces of metal on the field when they went to practice in the days leading up to this game like there was a chance you would just be running and all of a sudden there's a piece of metal sticking out of your leg after trying to commit a slide tackle also something that makes this game fun a player for lights FC played in it for El Salvador
0: yeah, that's right. You told me yesterday. They well, have, I thought there were going to be two, but well, they, they, have didn't, two. they didn't play One's the other one. One's a goalie.
1: One. They did not play Tomas Romero. He was on the bench for this okay. one. But Roberto Molina subbed into the game. He was – Ed, have you seen in soccer when um, a team has a free kick, the other team you know, has the wall sure. of players? Have you seen the guy lay down behind the wall? Have you seen that? So
0: – Was that our lights player?
1: Yes. So <laughs> – that was his So the logic, here, the logic here is the players in the wall are going to jump to right. try to block the shot. Right. There have been goals before where players will kick it on the ground under the wall, and it goes right under all these guys who just jumped, and they score off of it. So it's become pretty common in soccer now to have a player just lay down. So if they try you to block kick it ball. under the wall, it'll just hit his body or right. whatever. Roberto Molina did that last night during a USA free kick. Uh, No, they didn't kick it underneath. Ah, too bad. I think they just took a regular shot or whatever. So... Too bad. A Lights FC player was on the field for El Salvador when they drew the United States of America. If this had been a normal field, I would be concerned about what happened last night. But I have very little, like, serious... Like, oh, we got to think strongly or poorly about somebody based on what happened last night because of how stupid
2: that field was. That was just dumb. Do you, I mean, the best job in soccer has to be the guy who gets to lay down and doesn't have to cover up themselves because yeah. they, they're they jumping yeah. and there's a ball that could potentially hit them in the gentleman's region. But you could still get hit. I guess, if, if, it hit you, in, I guess if it hit you in the
0: head. Yeah, wouldn't be.
2: Good. <laughs> well, My no, drink. you put one arm. I assume you're in the Superman position. you
0: No, to t- you
1: can't. That's a handball. Oh. Yeah. Your hands have to be inside yeah. your body. Then, then you're getting a red card and you're getting sent off for laying on the ground like an idiot. There, that'd be stupid. So, yeah, I don't. I don't know that I have any strong takeaways other than that was dumb and that was fun. Um, there, actually, I'll, I'll say this. There was one guy that actually looked like he was running just fine. Eunice Moose is one of our midfielders who will start in the World Cup as long as he's healthy. He, for some reason, he just ran past everybody. Like this was no problem. He for wasn't him sliding for 15. Not feet. at all. He had no issue accelerating and just the entire game the, he's the reason that El Salvador got a red card because he just ran. I past saw that. Two they just tackled him. he just dragged they him just down. Dragged like, him no, down. you are not. So like he was the one guy in this entire game that, oh, he looks like he's playing on a normal field. But that was stupid. Incredibly stupid last night um, for the United States game against El Salvador. But they got a point and it was the funnest, dumbest point that they've gotten. Two other soccer results for you. Uh, One, Costa Rica clinched the final spot in the World Cup. They beat New Zealand 1-0 yesterday in Qatar in the last play-in game. Uh, So there are four CONCACAF teams that are going to the World Cup. Canada, Mexico, and the U.S. and now Costa Rica. Uh, So we'll see how well CONCACAF does in the World Cup. Also, we're gonna play England. They're in the they're in the group. After the Friday after Thanksgiving in our group, second game in the World Cup for the United States. England lost to Hungary yesterday for nothing. Uh they're in the UEFA Nations mm-hmm. League right now. England uh in June, this international window here, they have played four games and have not won a single one. They are 0-2-2. They lost to Hungary twice and drew with Germany and Italy.
0: And the draws, correct me if I'm wrong, are a lot more impressive than these two losses. Yes, they are, absolutely. So what are they doing? Yes, so here's the, okay. It's
1: June, so England is, what? what's the opposite of peaking at the right time? What's What's like you're hitting the valley at the right time right. or something like that? We you're need, out on the horizon. We need England to do this in November. Like, we need England to just have just catastrophic meltdowns in November. I'm a little worried that it's happening now and they're going to fix everything and be fine right. by the time the World Cup comes around. But, like, I'm a little optimistic that, hey, England kind of sucks right now. There's no reason they should be just overwhelming favorites in our group. Who's the group? England, US, Iran, and Wales. Iran and
0: Wales. So. A good England side is the favorite.
1: Yes, England is roughly uh, there. They'll be. I mean, it'll, I guess it'll change a little bit, but they're top five in the world. The other three teams are outside the top ten, but inside like the top thirty, I believe. Okay. Maybe one of them's in the thirties, but they're all inside the top forty. There's not a you know bad team, team in the group. Even Iran is is going to be somewhat of a problem potentially for the United States. So there's not a truly bad team in the group, but I would say the United States should be better than Wales, should be better than Iran.
0: They advance to second place. Should get in. And,
1: and if England is going to do this.
0: Could win the group. We should probably
1: win the group. Get like a second if, place team. If England's going to do this, they're not going to get out of the group. They're going to lose right. to Iran by like three goals or something ridiculous like that. So, But the problem is, is it's June, and we need them to do this in November or December, not now, because that will be very funny if England does not get out of our group. I will enjoy that immensely. If England is not getting out of our group. Oh. We beat them. That's gonna be great. <laughs> it's gonna be phenomenal.
0: When's the when's they? it's Friday after Thanksgiving, so it's not yeah. the first game.
1: Second game. We play Wales first, then England, then Iran. Okay. And hopefully I mean, hopefully we go into that Iran game and we're got two and wins. It doesn't matter because yeah. you have the point. We won the group, but more, more than likely we're gonna need something from that Iran game to actually advance. So yeah, we'll see. But uh fun group. Can't wait. Coming up next, Jason Fitz joins the show.
0: Aaron Rodgers is unimpressed with him, but we aren't. It's time for our weekly visit with ESPN's Jason Fitz. Where is Jason?
1: What are are we doing here? He uh, last week told me ahead of time he couldn't do Wednesday, which was fine. So he's tried to reschedule for Friday, and then he just didn't respond. And now, where's he at?
0: What are we doing here, Jason. We have to cut ties with Jason, aren't we? Is this how you get the job as the play-by-play voice announcer of the Raiders? You stopped talking to us. You stopped. To- well, no. I think you should. I think you should continue talking to us. Push, just, push the, push the narrative, man. Come
1: on. That's true. Do we do we keep do talking we, about the Raiders? Do the do the right people at the Raiders listen to us that are going to decide who the play-by-play guy is? I don't think anyone at the Raiders listens no. to us. It's Which, it's by the way, not bad. when do you announce that who the new play-by-play guy is?
0: Hopefully, before training camp. <laughs> before the camps before that hall of fame game yeah. in, in in Cleveland I would hope they'd do that
1: all right all right here he joining is.
0: us now
1: from ESPN Jason Fitz how are you Jason hey, buddy
3: i'm doing great how are you guys doing is it is it i, I got to ask is it sweltering hot cuz i get like 100 degrees on the east coast which means it must be like 275 in vegas right
1: no it was nice oh. yesterday it was like in the low 90s
3: Wow. Oh, well, you know, now I'm even more jealous that you live where you do, and I live where I do. That's yeah. going to
0: change. That's going to change. Coming up, we got the 104s and the 107s coming. So, but we okay. do okay. next. You you want to be here on Sunday because high of 87. Oh, yeah. Look at that. You start you start a number with eight in June, and you're doing really well. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you're not wrong.
0: Yeah. All right,
1: Jason. What would you think of the Hunter Renfro deal? Uh, and maybe a more specific question for you. Are you surprised it was only a two-year extension?
3: Well, no, I'm not surprised it's only a two-year extension because I think great players want to hit the market faster. So what we're going to see in my mind over the course of the next several years are really great players looking for guaranteed money on short-term deals that let them get back to the market more quickly. So all of that sort of makes sense. Plus, if you're the Raiders, you're in a three-year window right now where you are trying to win a Super Bowl. So – the more you lock yourself in to make sure that you're competitive to where you need to be for the next three years, that makes a ton of sense. I think Hunter could have gotten more, uh, frankly, given the way the slot receiver market has moved in the last few years. So I thought it was actually kind of a team-friendly move for him to take a deal early and then for him to take guaranteed money that I think he could have gotten more out of. So to me, this sort of speaks to a little bit. I keep thinking back to my conversation I had with Max Crosby when we were getting tattoos at the NFL draft. And I I was talking to him about last year, and and he mentioned that last year there was such a brotherhood and bond to the guys in the locker room. And now what we've seen is, you know, Derek Carr took a deal that I think was was kind of team-friendly, if if we're being real about it. I think Hunter Renfro just took a deal that was team-friendly. Devontae could have gotten more money, frankly. So even being new to the culture, I I think it speaks to what's happening right now. There's a bunch of guys that want to play together, and so they're taking the deals that secure their futures in a very, very real way, but also – lets the Raiders have the flexibility they need. I mean, to think that, that Carr's locked in, Devontae's locked in, Max is locked in, Hunter's locked in, and if the team really needed to, they could figure out money to go get somebody else right now is pretty stunning to me. So I think for the Raiders and for Raiders fans, it's time to start really lifting the expectations for what this team is capable of doing this year.
0: Is that someone else, Waller, Are you are you more and more thinking that they're holding off on him?
3: I... I I think all indications look like they are holding off on him, and it's got to be like the only thing I can think is that it's health related, and you want to see if he can remain healthy through a season. Uh, but but that's the only that's the only way I can make it make sense in my mind because I mean realistically, if you're the Raiders, there is no reason to wait other than health. Because I keep thinking about ways that teams are going to defend, and I was talking to Ryan Clark about this, you know, right after the Devontae signing, and he kept saying, "Look, the entire defense is going to have to shade." To one side to account for Devontae. So if they're shading to one side, then Josh McDaniels is easily going to put either Renfro or Waller on the other side, which is then going to force safeties to make really tough decisions. I think Waller's poised to have a massive year, and I'm going to believe that this coaching staff is not going to be as bad with the play calling in the red zone as the last one was and might actually put guys like Renfro and and Waller in the end zone. So I think Waller is poised to have a huge statistical year, and if he does, he's not going to be cheaper in the future. So if if the Raiders don't get anything done with him, to me it speaks to their concern on him remaining healthy through a full season, and maybe that's a fair conversation. But, frankly, if I was Ziggler, I'd get it done now. Uh,
1: Important music question for you. Did you see last week the woman at the Oakland A's game play the national anthem on a saw?
3: I did, and then I only realized that now – I never have to explain to people that it's not weird to play it on a fiddle, right? Like, if you <laughs> played it on a ball on a national game, then I think that pretty much speaks to the fiddle as a, a normal, normal moment here. So I, I felt like that was really uh, freeing. And by the way, speaking of national anthems, kudos to the singers that have done it throughout the course of the Family Cup playoffs that we've seen over the last couple of weeks, because ESPN usually shows that portion. And I've watched a lot of them, and, and it's actually been really good. There's a lot of bad anthems out there. Saw anthem not usually my thing, but (laughs) hey, it was different and it was it was interesting.
1: How how long would it take you to pick up a saw and play the national anthem? Uh
3: well, you know, I'm y i am i know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not good at. And one thing that I'm not particularly good at is anything involving power tools. So first I'd have to figure out, you know, what kind of saw and I wouldn't know it. I'd be stuck in the, the aisles of Home Depot for three hours trying to figure out how to make that happen. So I'd run out of patience. It would take me It would take me years, because every time I saw it, I'd think I'd have to actually use it for something in the house, and that's not at all what, what, what I'm, I'm meant to do. Like, I'm meant to to stay as far away from power tools as possible.
0: There's a lot of anthem stories. How about the guy who did the horns down gesture, and now he lost his gig at the College World Series?
3: Well, and deservedly so. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Says, he's like, oh, well, you know, uh, uh, the horns down is not disrespectful. Like, Look, if I finish playing the anthem for a Raiders Chiefs game and at the end of of the anthem and I'm sitting there, it doesn't matter what stadium I'm in, but let's say I'm in Allegiant and I finish the anthem and I loudly scream into my fiddle that's mic'd up in a way the world can hear, F the Chiefs. Like, I'm probably (laughs) going to lose my opportunity to do it in the future. Are you kidding me? The Raiders would have loved that. If I rip off my Raiders jersey and underneath it is a shirt that says, you know, up yours, Chargers, I'm probably not going to get asked to do it again. Like, you know, in in the grand scheme of things, horns down, like you know what you're doing, especially in college sports. When you do horns down, you are specifically trying to absolutely get under the skin of an entire fan base. And if you're using the anthem as your platform to enrage a fan base, you're not going to be asked to be at the college world series. Like that just makes sense to me.
1: I think you'd get asked to do all the National Anthems if you said FU Chiefs after playing the National Anthem at Allegiant Stadium.
3: Look, there are very, by the way, you guys uh, understand. My, like, I'm frugal, I'm cheap, and, and I love opportunities that involve free tickets. I'm just telling you now. Like, there are very few teams in the world that I would say no to to play the National Anthem because it's an incredible honor to get to do it. I love playing it, and I think on the violin, it's particularly powerful and impactful. I love being a part of it. Telling you now, like if the Chiefs, the Chargers, or the Broncos ever asked me and they offered me money, I'd be like, No, I'm, I'm not putting that jersey on. I'm not ever going to have a jersey for those teams that says the word fits on it. I don't care what the payday is and I don't care what the ticket situation is. No, I'm not doing it. So, like, you just got to know at some point that your fandom is going to get in the way of certain opportunities. And, you know, in, in college sports, whew, I, I don't know, like, uh, if he come out and, and trash Nick Saban. At the end of the anthem, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. I just the fact that he didn't run—it's like fake Clay. Look, if you walk on a basketball court <laughs> looking like Clay Thompson, <laughs> knowing that you aren't Clay Thompson, and then you get a lifetime suspension from the arena and you lose your tickets, like what did you expect? Like you knew at some point whether they whether you were getting away with it or not. That's like me deciding I'm just going to load my cart up with everything in Walmart and try and get out. And it's like, well, I got past the security guys, so I don't know what people are upset about. Like. You walked on a court looking like Clay Thompson. You should be suspended for life. Come Wait,
1: on. Okay, but what is your price? You would absolutely play the national anthem in a Chiefs jersey in Arrowhead for a price. What is it?
3: Oh man. It, oh, you. You. Are, that's that's my fault because I left I left this door open. Um, look, look. I I'll tell you this. It, it's it probably it's six figures. It would have to be six figures. Uh, I, anything short of six figures, I'm out on it. And I'll tell you, like, my price to play the anthem for the Chiefs is higher than my price would be to do a live YouTube stream of me running up and down the street naked. Like, that's, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'd rather be embarrassed running up and down the street completely naked than be in a Chiefs jersey. I think that's fair.
1: All right. Before we let you go, we are giving away tickets to go see Motley Crue. I like just giving you random artists and seeing if you have a story about them. Motley Crue?
3: Uh, so there's a, an event in Nashville called oh Waiting for Wishes that, that was done for several years. And it was um, uh, Jay DeMarcus from Rascal Flatts and Kevin Carter, who used to play for the Titans back in the day. And they rent out uh, the poem every year in Nashville. And they have uh, different you know, famous people come in and wait tables for everybody that bought tickets. And they do like a celebrity auction. They've raised millions of dollars for Make-A-Wish over the course of the years. And somehow, some way, Kevin asked me to do it once. Funny that Kevin asked me to do it, not Jada Marcus. But either way, I got asked to do Waiting for Wishes. And one of the few moments that I've ever looked over and thought, oh, my God, was we were sitting in the kitchen waiting to go out as we started waiting tables. And I'm looking at this dessert tray, like trying to figure out how I'm going to serve these things. because I've never done that. And I look over, and Vince Neal is just hossing up on him, like he is just eating the food right off the plate, like he was hungry, hungry Vince Neal. Uh, but he was the nicest guy. And I kept thinking about, like, I can't imagine, because Vince Neal now, like, li- li- little chunky, happy, you know, just like, it- he's living that dream, right? Like, he's living that rich guy dream. I can't imagine, if you are brazen enough at a charity event, to just start eating the food, what it was like to be around you in the 80s. That's all I'm saying. Not the crew. I'm sure puts on a great show. Vince Neal was incredibly nice, though.
1: Jason, you're unbelievable. And I, I can't believe. It doesn't believe... matter
0: what band we yes, throw up. It's, 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 it's irrelevant. It's
1: Fitz is ready. He's Jason Fitz from ESPN. We appreciate it, Thanks Jason. You
3: buddy. Appreciate you guys. Have a great week. You
1: too. Every, it doesn't matter. It's it's incredible. Yeah. I I'm, We're just going to start making up fake bands and seeing <laughs> what he says. We'll still have a story yeah. on it. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Vince Neal was the guy that owned the, like, xfl or yes. indoor football team here it, in vegas it was a, a uh, arena
2: two was that yeah the? it
1: was not xfl it was they were played they played a
2: thomas and mac or something like that i believe it was it was indoor but i don't think it was associated with the current
0: yeah. indoor oh,
2: yeah
0: wait was that the same one with vinnie Testaverde?
2: oh gosh no i think that was a different one as well okay we, we vegas has a lovely history of, of indoor football <laughs> of of indoor football teams that Sometimes don't even make it to the season.
1: We ripped. Yeah, we ripped through football teams. No, they were in the AFL for one season. Oh, okay. 2015, okay. the Las Vegas Outlaws. They're the ones that I don't know if they were true or not, but a lot of like vendors said Vince Neil never paid. I know the guy that made their jerseys was like, yeah, he never paid me for the jerseys that we, we made for him.
0: Yeah, so but he was a nice guy, but yeah. you could
1: go see him if you're caught. <laughs> exactly. We do have tickets to go see Motley Crue. <laughs> Right now, it's Motley Crue, Def Leppard, the stadium tour with Poison and Joan Jett and the Blackhearts Friday, September 9th at Allegiant Stadium. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com or win a pair right now. 702-364-1100 is the phone number if you want to go see Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts in September at Allegiant Stadium. Be caller number 12 right now at 702-364-1100.
0: Another 2-2 pitch. Swing and a fly ball to center. Bader back on this one. He can't get it. It's over his reach and goes over the wall for an automatic double. And Cal Mitchell with a two-bagger with two strikes and two outs in the ninth. That breaks up the no-hitter. What a thrill. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Are you still
1: convinced the Padres are passing the Dodgers this week?
0: Yes. Yes. Should have happened last night.
1: Oh come on! You're playing the Angels.
0: Bases loaded. Kimber came through though because Mike Trout can only smash one bat into an umpire's face. Oh yeah, that poor umpire. That poor guy. Didn't the Angels only have like one okay. hit yesterday? I had uh, that sound too, and two, I played two, the wrong one. Uh, two I believe, because Trout's was a Trout's was ended up being a hit, even though I told you Gavin Lux can't catch a ball. Oh, three hits. Oh, they had three. Yeah. Oh, because Otani had two of them. That guy's pretty good, huh? He had a single and a double. Yeah, it's the Angels. You're fine. Not a free win tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the Padres. I mean, Padres get to play on Thursdays. Do- Thursday, Dodgers have a day off. And the Padres are playing the Cubs, who last night they trailed 5-0 and won 5 Because the Cubs are absolutely brutal. Oh, my
2: God. Did you see
1: <laughs> the San Francisco Giants wearing yes. t-shirts. Solidarity t-shirts with Jock Peterson? Yeah, awesome. They all had shirts that said this. Fantasy Football 101, stashing players on the IR isn't cheating. Entire Giants team wearing this beautiful. Um, For those of you that are unaware, Tommy Pham slapped Jock Peterson across the face like two weeks ago before a game. It as we've gotten details from this, it stems from fantasy football where these two were in a league together. Tommy Pham accused Jock Peterson of cheating because he put a player on injured reserves that he was stashing players. Tommy Pham also said Jock Peterson said disrespectful things about the Padres, <laughs> which Jock Peterson then shared with everybody. The things that he did say and the gift. He shared a lot. of. Yeah, those. he did. And now the Giants seem to be embracing this a little bit, making fun of it. My question, though, is Tommy Pham going to slap the entire Giants yeah, roster? I don't, think, I
0: don't think he's that tough a guy. He right. seems like he comes off as a tough guy. But Listen, I don't think he's a tough guy. He might be that dumb. <laughs> well just
2: runs in okay. there
0: i don't know if he's that tough but he might be that stupid yeah that's a good point that's a good point
1: like remember amir garrett who was pitching for the reds and tried to go fight the entire pirates yeah. dugout it's one of like the funniest things right where he's on the mound i think it was the pitching coach for the reds was out there talking to him and we're pretty sure he told the pitching coach i'm going to go fight them You better get another pitcher ready. And the pitching coach said, well, I'm not going to stop you. And he just sprints all by himself, ready to fight the entire Pirates. I think that's Tommy Pham when he sees the Giants again. Not going to be a smart thing to do. But I think he might try to slap every giant that he sees in that series.
0: Pre-game or we'll wait till the game?
1: Oh, wait till the game. That'd be good. Yeah. Get a hit and just slap every infielder <laughs> on your way by. Oh, that'd be fun. A triple? Yeah, that'd be fun. Triple in just the corner? smack you, them all. You
2: hit a home run. You hit first. You run, you hit the first baseman. You have to run to the outfield. Hit yes. him. Run back. Hit the second baseman. Run to center field. We've, okay, we've got to be at a point where...
1: We actually do get more details on this, right? Like, Mike Trout told us that Alex Bregman won the league like, uh, over the weekend, right. right? So we've gotten a little bit more. But, like, we got to get more out of this, right? Like, we got to get, like, Alex Bregman and Mike Trout more, and Manny Machado I want being Manny like, Machado
0: and those guys talking about it.
1: Being like, yeah, Tommy Pham's an idiot. Yeah. Or, no, or, Tommy no. was right. right. Like, Jock right. was absolutely... Like, right. I, I, need to, I need to hear that. And I'm surprised the they haven't been alluded.
0: asked more. There were, like... Well, because Tommy Pham was on the team, there were like three or four Padres on that team, and I haven't seen much of anything from those guys. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, we're still mad at the San Diego media, right? Yeah, where are we are they? Yeah, asking? Machado, Hosmer, and maybe one other one. Yeah, yeah, I, we got to be on the, the They're Diego on the media.
0: fantasy team. Yeah. It,
2: is there not a uh, spotlight team for the Union Tribune, like that? You can literally, like, <laughs> guys, you're gonna win a Pulitzer for this. Well, we we feel pretty
1: <laughs> confident that the astros when they play sunday night baseball are going to bregman's going to get asked because that's how we found out he won the league as sunday night baseball was interviewing trout and he said right. bregman won the now, league now they're
0: going to mic up bregman
1: and now sunday night baseball has the astros on sunday so hopefully...
0: i want them to mic up bregman and him not have heard about what trout said <laughs> and just ask him like you know cold hey <laughs> we heard that you he might want and, and see if he plays along with it cuz trout <laughs> You said Trout played along with it as well a as little could be expected. Bit, not
1: a bit. not a ton, but a little bit. Uh, he he didn't want to talk about, it, but he was he did say like hey, he might have a new commissioner next year and all this or whatever. So a little bit from Trout, but like it's a fun enough story. It's a it's a non serious enough story that I feel like they should all be embracing it and being like, yeah, this is what happened. Right. This is it. maybe they're just afraid of Tommy Pham.
0: He's getting slapped?
1: Yeah, maybe like Mike Trout's afraid, of like, oh, uh, if I say too much about Tommy Pham, he's gonna try to slap me in the face. Trout's a pretty pretty big kid. Yeah, but he's not as crazy as Tommy Pham. Right. That's that's the, that's the problem is Tommy Pham overcomes any sort of yeah. physical disadvantage because he's, he's, he's just nuts. insane. He's gonna run <laughs> up and slap a guy before the game because of something that happened five months ago. The
2: uh Rubnik O'Dor uh defense of yeah, he's not that big, but Jesus, is he crazy? Yes. <laughs> Pretty sure that's Tommy Fam right now. So it's
1: also amazing that this story doesn't stop. <laughs> no, I know. It's, it's incredible know. that we're getting, like, twice a week, some new update on this. It's phenomenal that we now have the Giants wearing these T-shirts. And... If you're the Reds, do you have to wear a T-shirt in response, to or Tommy Fam, or do they like? Do they have to side with Tommy Fam, or can Reds players even be like, Nah, Tommy's crazy. We're I mean, on his
0: side. I don't. I can't believe they all. I can't believe all the Giants sided sided with Halfway Hat Guy. Why side with, with the with the with the with the? Well, because he wears his hat halfway and he wears suspenders. <laughs> I'd side with Jock Peterson.
1: I'd be like, You're damn right. We're wearing these shirts. These are great shirts. <laughs>